despite the witch's fearsome legacy, are thousands again practicing the ancient arts of witchcraft. I like the name witch. And all of a sudden, I came under such witchcraft, such demonic attack. I'm like, what is this? And the reason for this chaos and violence was witches. Welcome to Salem, a podcast about witches, their history, and those who continue their legacy into the modern day. My name is B. Jamison, and I'm a writer and practicing witch. I've always been fascinated by not only the practical side of witchcraft, but its meaning and history in both the past and present. In this podcast series, I will explore the history of witches, witchcraft, and the women and men who practice it. I will be diving deep into the world of the supernatural and the real life, as well as looking at how the word witch has transformed through history. So thank you for joining me on Salem. This week's episode is the history of witches. The irony of this first episode being called the history of witches is that there is no one singular history of witches themselves. Many indigenous cultures have some form of witches, wizards, sorcerer or cunning folk in their lore. So for today, we're going to look at the Anglo-Saxon slash Christian ideology surrounding witches. In future, I would love to dive deeper into other cultures and folklore of witches. So if you're someone from a culture with a witchy figure in your beliefs or mythology, please contact the podcast and we can touch on other cultures. But for the sake of simplicity, today we'll be looking at the history of the most mainstream idea of witches. It is almost as if we as a society have come full circle. As the earliest witches were natural healers and cunning folk, these witches would whip up potions and brews to heal ailments. They were essentially the world's first naturopaths. And this was actually a profession, much like any other. And townspeople would come to a wise or cunning woman for help with everyday life and health issues. But some believe that the wise women were pagans doing the devil's work, cursing them with hexes and spells. In the modern sense, paganism is a form of religion and a belief that is widely accepted. Paganism branches off into Wicca, Druid and other nature-based religions. But in the Bible, pagan refers to anyone who is not Christian and by extension, pagans are the devil's servants as they see all of Mother Earth to be for each creature, not something made by an almighty creator for a chosen few. As Romans 1.22-27 states, Claiming to be wise, they become fools and exchange the glory of an immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonouring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. For this reason God gave them up to dishonourable passions, For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. But the first real mention of witches came in the Bible in Book 1 Samuel and there followed the most cited Bible witch reference in history. Exodus 22.18 Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. This passage has been repeated over and over again throughout history. The general consensus regarding witches remains the same. Witches do the devil's work, and they cannot be trusted. Therefore, they should be executed. The Bible also warns of seeking out witches for help contacting the dead, 
using divination or even chanting. But something lies deeper within the scripture, as there is an obvious fear of witches in the unknown. There is also the fear of sexuality and women's knowledge and power. Those who were cunning folk had the knowledge of topics regarding to nature and healing, something the governments and the church could not control. Those who rejected traditions of the church were dangerous as they could corrupt others and lead them astray from the chosen path. And women were expected to be quiet servants of God, as stated in Timothy 2.11 to 15. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. The Christian church believed women to be born sinners, and it was their duty to spend their lives proving otherwise through submissiveness, childbirth, and other means of service to God. The Bible makes sure to mention that women are the weaker sex multiple times, so it is very clear what the church believed. Strong women are to be feared, and a strong, knowledgeable woman was a witch. The 1400s saw the first recorded waves of witch hysteria take hold of Europe. Witch hunts became a local pastime for many townspeople across the continent. The accused were often tortured into confession, using methods such as crushing bones under great weights and depriving them of sleep for days or weeks at a time. Once a confession was extracted, or some other proof of the witch's ways, the accused witch would be burned at the stake or hanged for all to see. In Europe, between 1500 and 1660, over 80,000 accused witches were murdered. Most of them were women. It is fair to say that these waves of hysteria were fueled by popular publications of the time, including Demonology, written in 1597 by King James IV of Scotland. The book contains descriptions of vampires, werewolves and witches, and how to deal with them, including execution. There is also chapters dedicated to astrology, necromancy and the canonical law regarding witchcraft. The book is the first of its kind written by a reigning monarch and was heavily influenced by King James's own experiences in the North Berwick witch trials. The book begins with this passage. The fearful abundance at this time in country of the detestable slaves of the devil, the witches or enchanters hath moved me, beloved reader, to dispatch this post, this following treatise of mine, both that such assaults of Satan are most certainly practice, and that the instrument thereof merits most severely to be punished. According to demonology, a woman was considered a witch if she showed the following signs. She had too many pets. She weighed more or less than a stack of Bibles. She had a mole or a third nipple or some kind of birthmark referred to as a witch's teat. She talked to herself or she was an elderly, hard-of-hearing woman who didn't respond when asked if she was a witch. Or she'd been married more than twice. People were also accused of being a witch if they made sarcastic remarks or doubted the legitimacy of the witch hunts. But in all honesty, it was easy to get rid of someone you didn't like by simply accusing them of witchcraft. 
Demonology also encouraged the use of children's witness statements in the process of trialling witches. One famous example of children's statement came in 1612, in the Pendle Witch Trials, more famously known as the Pendle Witches. Janet Device's mother, grandmother and sister were on trial for witchcraft, and the nine-year-old took the stand. Her sister Alison had walked past an elderly man, John Law, on the street. After the two crossed paths, the man crashed to the ground. He was unable to speak. He suffered from paralysis and terrible pain. It is most likely that the man suffered from a stroke and that Alison was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But her grandmother, Old Demdike, was known as a cunning woman, a witchy healer who practiced magic. It was also known that their family had been feuding with another witch family in the village. The townspeople were looking for an excuse to rid themselves of these troublesome witches. And John Law's sudden illness was the perfect chance. Janet's testimony in court against her family caused her mother, Elizabeth, to scream out, cursing her child for damning her to execution. Janet threw her entire family under the bus, claiming they had murdered townspeople, celebrated witches' holidays, and killed animals all in the name of the devil. Whilst it might seem crazy that a nine-year-old child could make up such terrible stories about the devil and murder, it is most likely that Janet's family were pagans, who celebrated pagan holidays. And as they had an ongoing feud with other families at Pendle, it is reasonable to believe they may have joked about killing people, and Janet had overheard. There is also a possibility that the officials in Pendle had been whispering suggestions into Janet's ear before her testimony. Whatever the reason, Janet's mother, grandmother, brother and sister face execution. Her sister Alison, the girl who was believed to curse the old man, thoroughly believed in her own guilt until the very end. Not much else is known of Janet Device. It is believed she went to live with her uncle Christopher after the execution of her family. But the name Janet Device does appear in court documents regarding another Pendle witch hunt 22 years later. But this time, it was Janet who was on trial, a child the star witness against her. The last recorded location of Janet Device was in prison awaiting execution, and it is believed that she died there. And now we move into the world of Salem in 1692. Salem is by no means the only example of mass hysteria and witch hunts, but is a perfect case study for what happens when there is a combination of unbridled religious beliefs intense fear of the supernatural and the unknown, and a hatred for those who challenged the status quo. The events unfolded after January 1692, when the daughter and niece of Salem Village Minister, Reverend Samuel Paris, were diagnosed with being cursed by witches. Salem Village was a Puritan society with a deep belief in the word of God and the Bible. The year 1692 saw 18 people and two dogs charged and murdered for witchcraft with many more dying in prison whilst awaiting trial. This hysteria was caused by a combination of factors, but many scholars debate on what really happened in Salem during that time. But now, Salem is a hub for modern witches, as they have reclaimed the town as their own. For all the claims of demons, the devil, and pure evil, the witches' creed remains the same. If it harms none, do as ye will. Proclaim witches, and those who were accused held their resolve in the face of fear and persecution. They were subject to torture, ridicule, and incomprehensible pain. 
targeted for their differences and refusal to conform, they remained level-headed as those around them fell into hysteria. They were the victims of the fear of the unknown, and they paid with their lives. We will cover the new wave of witches, strong women with the power of magic on their side, in the second episode of Salem. So thank you for listening to the first episode of Salem, the history of witches.